0: There we go. That's what I'm talking about. What is going on, folks? How's it going? Arm and Hammer here. Today is March 19th, Thursday evening. And you know what? We've got got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about today. Um, Specifically, we're going to be taking a look at the response that various affiliates have had to sort of this whole closures or quarantine measures that are being um, implemented, whether it's from the top down, like governmentally, Or just proactively uh, from the gym side of things, and I actually have a friend of mine here to talk to us, but uh, we'll we'll get to him in a second. the The main gist of what we're going to be looking at is actually, um, it was it was a little bit inspired by this Reddit post that I saw, and let's see if I can go ahead and share that for you guys here. Uh, You can see what I'm talking about. Basically, we're looking at a uh, a post by Peter Keller. Uh, who is the the head of Fringe Sport? that's based here in Austin, Texas. Their equipment equipment supplier out here. Um, you know they he he got out there and he basically put together this post that says, uh, you know, what's going on Reddit? Things are tough in CrossFit land, but we compiled a list of, of sort of actions that we're seeing our clients do to pass through this period. And he lists out. I mean, one, two, three, four five six seven I mean there's probably 20-ish different um decision points 20-ish different sort of moves that different uh gyms have taken to uh either you know stay open in some capacity close up in another capacity and like provide online stuff or completely close or whatever uh I think it's it's just an interesting post I'll have a link to that post uh in the in the you know description of this video at some point after we're done. But uh, I think one of the most fascinating responses um, or just types of responses that we're getting is how creative people are getting with how they're reacting to this, right? Because at the end of the day, most of us are members of gyms not necessarily because it's um, just for the group exercise or it's just for a chance to get a good workout or programming or whatever, really what we're members of the gym for is sort of the community aspect of it, right? We like the coaches. We like our fellow gym goers. We we enjoy the vibe, whether it's this like rusty, dusty, crusty, old power warehouse of just chains hanging off of things for no reason, or if it's a sparkling, clean, you know, eucalyptus scented, um, chilled towels type of affiliate. And if you have one of those, I'd like to know actually, because I don't think I've ever been in one of those, but you get what I'm saying. Each of these spaces have a different flavor and it feels like with, you know, 15,000 affiliates, there's probably 15,000 different responses to how people are going to be treating this. And each one is going to be tailor-made to its affiliates. We talked a little bit about this. I want to say a couple days ago when I read the email that CrossFit sent to the various affiliate owners, but I like this input, um, this description of various options uh, because it goes in depth into a lot of different angles that gyms can take. For example, they can stay open, you know, fully or partially. They can stay open just for members only, not allowing drop-ins. They can be closed to members, but they do live streaming training for you know off of Zoom or whatever. You know, they do sort of group classes but remotely. Um, together but separate, you know, that should be a hashtag if it's not already. Uh, They can close the gym and provide remote programming, close the gym and be open and vulnerable in communication to their members about sort of, hey, you know, even if you guys aren't here and paying your bills, we still have our bills to pay. The affiliate is absolutely a razor thin margin business for many, many of these affiliates. So just having, you know, two months, potentially three months or whatever of having limited Uh, income is maybe even disastrous for some people. You don't know, right? So the idea here is uh, there's a bunch of different options that gyms have. And Peter did a fantastic job of putting together a look at what those options are without necessarily putting like a stamp of approval on one way or the other. And I actually, luckily enough, know Peter, so uh, he's jumping in with us today uh, to talk a little bit about the different sorts of actions that he's seen, um, as well as, you know, his perspective on things as a guy who deals with the business aspect of, um, you know, the CrossFit space from an angle that maybe not a lot of us... Have been have been dealing with Peter, you're up, buddy. How's it going, man?
1: Doing fantastic, Armin. Thanks for having me on. And here I'll give you a little elbow bump of hello because that's Boom. the official thing to do. Boom, elbow bump. <laughs> yeah, great to be here. Thank you very much,
0: dude. Of course. So. You know, first of all, talk to me about that uh, that Reddit post because I am I am very much a, a lurker on Reddit. I very rarely contribute unless there's something specific that I can speak to. Usually in the comments, if somebody summons me by by commenting about me, but uh, you know, you went through the effort to put together this not like a guide, but almost like a dictionary or or a, a reference manual of different types of responses that that these gyms can have.
1: Yeah, so I've got so much to share on this. So first of all, I've really been looking into recently servant leadership and the concept of stewardship and trying to understand how to use what I was put here for and how we can actually help to make things better. So that's number one. Then number two, I'm in an organization called EO Entrepreneur's Organization. And there's a really huge emphasis in EO of not advice, but rather experience share. And so with those two things rattling around in my brain, I thought, you know what, gyms are really hurting. Rather than having a guru that I reached out to that says, hey, tell you know, make a one-size-fits-all solution and tell everybody. Instead, let's just reach out to a bunch of our clients and see what they're actually doing on the ground and then share that out as broadly as we can so that other affiliates, other people who are in these situations cannot get advice, but rather just see what their peers are doing. So that was the genesis of it, this idea of stewardship or servant leadership. And then on the other hand, experience share of what people are actually doing on the ground. So that's where it started.
0: So you basically reached out to a bunch of your different uh, affiliates that you've worked with in the past uh, who are, I'm assuming buying equipment from fringe, right? So you, you have a good relationship with them through that. You get a good understanding of the size of their facilities and their membership and sort of what their needs are. Um, And you got a really wide range of responses in terms of what, you know, people's reactions or moves were, to to you know whether open or closed and how they communicated and what different um, products or services they're offering while they're closed or how they're adjusting to it. I'm curious. Did you were you surprised by any of the options here? Like, what, did anything particularly stand out? Like, did you have like a top three or something like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the ones that really stood out to me was this idea of being vulnerable and in your communications with your members, just letting them know exactly what's going on. I've also been listening to a lot of Brene Brown recently, and she has a lot of work on vulnerability. And so it really struck me that, you know, maybe just just writing or, or talking about exactly what's going on. Hey, guys, I still have to pay my rent. I'm still going to try to pay my coaches, and I may have no revenue. So if there's a way that you could see, you my clients could see a way to helping me through this tough time, so that we can be back with you when times get good again, and just you excuse me, hearing how great a response there is to that message from the community. That was really uplifting to me because one of the things that's going on right now in this whole COVID coronavirus, just confusion, it really does seem like people are maybe not physically banding together, but emotionally banding together. And they understand that we're all in this together. So that for me was one that stood out massively.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting because, you know, I, um, I get to talk to a lot of people, right? I get I get a chance to meet with various people at like every level, whether it's just a spectator who's coming in to watch you know, just a, a big name athlete compete, or maybe their coach who's competing at an event or event organizers, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the other side of the business, the logistics side of the business with like the broadcasting teams and various coaches and athletes. Or, you know, they're, they're, I just get a chance to talk to a lot of people. And one of the things I, I try to explain to them, and I think a lot of the people who watch my content understand this, is that sincerity is a big part of my brand it's a really weird way to say it's like my brand but like sincerity is is like um it's a lens through which i try and communicate nearly everything right i'll i'll poke fun at things here and there and and it comes from a place of love almost all the time but people understand that i talk about things because it means a lot to me and this entire space means a lot to me and the community means a lot to me and the sport is really important to me. And I think that that kind of leans over to that vulnerability idea, right? Because um, the the goal of an affiliate owner isn't, and I hope that it isn't, to just like, you know, drive around in a Ferrari or a Lambo because they're not going to be able to afford that lifestyle, right? So the goal is probably comes from somewhere much more sincere and with a lot more about the actual health of their affiliate and the health of their members and stuff. And so I find it interesting that, you know, the, the concept of communicating with vulnerability and just understanding like, Hey guys, you're having problems too. Like you're worried about your jobs, but we're also worried about our jobs. Maybe we can figure out a way together to, to get through this. Um, did you, like what? It, other than putting this on Reddit, I'm curious. Did you use this information in any other way? Did you present it maybe to like other uh, you know affiliates that you would you were talking to? Did you like sort of cross reference it with other people that you were talking to, or or, or was it merely just uh you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna supply this to the community in this way and and let's see what happens?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I did send it back out to a bunch of the affiliate owners that I talked to that fed into this. I also did a Facebook Live for this on Fringe Sports Facebook account, and I posted it up to Fringe Sports blog. But to be honest, this is so far away from trying to sell a barbell, which is you know what keeps the lights on literally around here. And this is more, the community is hurting. I have been given a microphone, both metaphorically and in this case, actually, <laughs> and this is the way that I can help. Uh, I have noticed that one of the things that I'm good at is taking in a lot of information and putting it in a way that makes it easy to digest and look at for people. And so that's really what I wanted to do. So I wanted to put it out there on a number of different platforms that I knew could get some eyeballs on it, but to genuinely and truly just give and help. So what, that's what I did.
0: What type of response have you
1: gotten? <laughs> I've gotten a really good response. You know, most people have said, thank you for putting this together. This has been really helpful. And one of the things that I've gotten a lot of feedback on was something that you had mentioned earlier, is that <clears throat> there's no judgment in the article, or in what I'm saying here. There are a number of gyms that have decided to stay open. And I'm not going to judge that right here. By the way, I own a gym, and we decided to close it. But I'm not judging people who decide to stay open, because that that's not my job. It's the owner of the gym's job to decide what's appropriate for them in these unprecedented times. And so a lot of the feedback that I've gotten is, wow, you just lined up what people are doing without saying this is right, or this is wrong and just let it flow. Uh, I'm really skeptical of gurus, excuse me, gurus a lot of times, because again, there's this, you know, one size fits all answer, and this is not a one size fits all situation. So that's some of the feedback that I've gotten. I've gotten a lot of people thanking me. A couple of people have said, hey, how, how dare you say that gyms could still stay open, like that's socially irresponsible. And to them, I just say, hey, I'm just telling you what people are doing. I'm not saying it's good or bad.
0: So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I want to actually pull it up here. And that way we can sort of take a look at it. Um, unfortunately, people aren't going to be able to see your face while we're looking at it. So I'm going to apologize in advance since you're the author. I'm mom thing. would be so mad. She likes my face. <laughs> So right now, you know, what I'm what I'm showing the people who are watching this is your your post on Reddit um, and a look at sort of these different options that you have and see if I can zoom in here and make it a little easier to watch. Um, and there's a couple things, right? The, the first one that you're the, the first few that you list are about staying open, whether you're open completely or open in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, the next one is a variation of being open uh, partially, which is just members only um, and drop-ins. The The next few are really interesting because they're, they're creative solutions. One is closing the doors to like physical classes, but leaving it open to do live streaming, online coaching, um broadcasting on Facebook or Instagram live or whatever. Um, another one is to provide remote programming and you link here to somebody's workouts. And I don't know about you, but my social media has been just flooded with every single person <laughs> offering whatever types of workouts they can. I, I don't think that anyone is is lacking in, in having access to uh, to free home workouts or, or garage gym workouts at this point. Um, but then you start getting into, you know, being vulnerable in communication. And just to sort of um, be specific here about what, we, what we're what we talking about is, you're you right, we're seeing owners allow their members to cancel, pause, or suspend memberships, but they're communicating to their members that the gym has the same expenses whether members pay or not, and that the owners could use the support of their members to meet the expenses of the gym, even if it is not open. Then there's a bunch of variations of this move, right? Of closing the gym and not charging their their members. Closing the gym and creating a hardship fund, uh, like GoFundMe or something like that. Closing a gym and instituting a pricing policy that passively incentivizes people to keep paying their membership fees. Now, unlike, I mean, you, you did not present any of these with, um, you didn't present any of these with any judgment. You made that very clear with how you're, how Explain. However, I have judgment here. I I have I have a, a couple of opinions that I, I would like to share. And I think yeah. um, you know, for example, the idea of you know, way down here, it's like closing the gym completely, cutting expenses all the way down. Like those are important ways to consider what things are going on. But when I look at how various gyms have approach this the one that makes most sense to me and you can tell me if I'm totally off here is um, the idea of actually providing people with a reason to keep paying their gym memberships if that's you know important to the the actual gym owners right the the idea of being like, hey guys, we may not be here physically, however, we are able to say, here's some nutrition coaching here's some group stuff here's some programming you're gonna get you know uh office hours quote unquote from your coaches you're gonna get um, just stuff to do things to keep people engaged and obviously it, it, it differs from gym to gym but you know what is if you if you had to I mean obviously this kind of goes against what you're trying to say but if you had to say your favorite move like you yourself your gym you guys you, you close the gym down are you doing any of that extra stuff
1: So for us, we, (laughs) interestingly, we run the only free gym in the U.S. And so we actually don't make any less money by not having people come to the gym because the gym is already free. That said, we are working at providing some level of community for the people that want to train out of our gym, but can't right now. So one of the things separate from this that I've seen from a lot of our really successful clients is that they get people in the door with fitness or with the idea of losing weight, or the idea of getting stronger, or the idea of looking better naked, those sorts of things. But what really tend to keep those clients around is the culture and community of the box. So I think it's actually a little bit of a bait and switch, but in the best possible way, that you fool people with fitness, strength, beautiful body, that sort of thing, but then you give them what they are, like the, the man in the desert, they they need the culture and community like that man in the desert needs water so again without let's say casting judgment it's already my personal opinion that what people really get from a great box from a great affiliate is actually the culture and community even above the fitness strength nutrition all those aspects so to my mind you know just playing that out to the end if you can continue to provide the culture, the community, the belonging, then it seems to me that you're providing strong value for your members. Now, I would take this one step further. One of the things that I've seen, because I'm a member of a few different nonprofits and different things around town where I have a leadership role, what I think people really need right now is they need calm, they need the feeling of stability, and they need assurance that everything is going to work out. Because right now, as I perceive it, the biggest problem with COVID and Corona, all this stuff is people don't know what's going to happen. People are panicking. They're buying toilet paper by <laughs> the you know, truckload because they don't know. So what we're, what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to do is provide calm. Do I, Peter Keller, know what the future looks like? No, I don't. But I know that we're going to be able to get there and that we're going to be great together. And people who own gyms, they have a community that looks to them for something, for culture, for connection, for fitness, for nutrition, all those things. And I think that there are ways to provide that even if the people can't physically come and be in place. Does
0: that make sense? Absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, And I think that's a really eloquent way of communicating something that a lot of people feel. You know, if there's one thing that is not lacking... It's access to programming and access to equipment to build your own space, right? Even if it's as simple as getting like a weight vest or a kettlebell or a box or a set of plates and a barbell or something like people, pretty much everybody who can afford to go to a CrossFit gym or goes to a CrossFit gym in general could probably load out their garage. Like our garage at our house has like a full gyms worth of equipment in there pretty much. And it's a, it's a one car garage. I mean, so it's, it's a little bit tight and we have to move things in and out when we're working out. But um, I have the facility to basically do any and all workouts um, in any way. And I would say mine is like middle of the road in terms of how, how much, uh, you know, garage gyms go, like how, how big they can get. And so, if there's one thing that it's not lacking, it's like accessibility for those types of stuff. And so what is it that actually get, gets people to keep paying their monthly dues and showing up? It's like, well, maybe it's because it's really convenient. Maybe it's because they need someone out there um, other than themselves to sort of push them. And that extrinsic motivation of like a coach believing in you and pushing you does that. But really that feeds into what's the what's the community that a gym is building? What's the value that they're adding to someone's life other than how many push-ups they can do or, you know, how they look in the mirror. Um, And that makes sense to me. And I think that kind of speaks to at the end of the day, like when the decision is being made about how a gym is going to be responding and what they're going to be doing. My guess is it's that whether they understand it explicitly or not, that is what they're going to be referring to when they make that decision. They're going to be referring to that feel that they've created, that community that they've created. Um, So I'm I'm going to go ahead and we're going to take a hard pivot here, Peter, because one of the things that interests me and is really fascinating to me about this whole thing is the long-term like medium to long-term effects that, that this could have financially for everybody involved, right? I was just in Montreal for the Atlas Games. We had athletes checking in. The rig was being built up. The vendors were setting up and it was like, boom, rules came down. Your, your event can't exist anymore. And the financial implications of that for the equipment manufacturers, the vendors, the athletes, the spectators, the broadcast company, the event organizers, the sponsors of the event, all uh, for me and my wife for being up there, those implications are going to have long-lasting effects for people because of how much investment goes into these things. And that's just one event in one place with you know, a few thousand people, not even looking at some of the biggest events in the space. You have a really interesting perspective on this, I think, because your, your sort of insight into the supply chain that not just our space has to deal with on a regular basis with equipment, but the supply chain for pretty much, I don't know, what, two thirds Three quarters of like everything that the U.S. deals with in terms of their their like uh, physical goods, um, you know, you you have from a business perspective and from a logistics perspective, really interesting insight. I'm curious what your thoughts are about that, about sort of the 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 long term implications of of what we're seeing happen overseas in China and how it's going to affect us down the road. Real simple, easy question to answer, right?
1: Yeah. thanks for you know laying it out for me on a red carpet okay i want to preface this question by exposing to you my bias i as i mentioned before i believe that i'm here at this moment in time to be a force of calm and to try and help people think stability so that's my bias and what in the answer that i'm going to tell you i'm just telling you my bias just right up front I want to tell you another quick story and then I'll talk to you about supply chain. I've been running fringe sport for about 10 years. It's been my sole income. In other words, I quit my other job nine years ago. So it's been my sole income for nine years, about six years ago, fringe nearly went out of business. It was a really, really bad and dark time about six years ago. We're good now. So don't worry about me. I remember that I was driving down the road thinking about what a failure I was. And I saw a homeless person sitting beside the road and the homeless person had a dog. And I was like, you know, that homeless person looks kind of happy right now. Like it was a spring day in Austin. The weather was nice. The dog looked like it was really friendly. And I was like, huh, he he looks happy right now. And then I thought about it and I thought, you know what? At the base, all that really matters to me is my kids and my wife and my family. And so I thought, you know what? I may be a business failure, but my kids are always going to look up to me. And if I do this right, my wife's not going to care that I'm a business failure, as long as I treat her right and treat the family right. She's going to love me for who I am, no matter what. And so I thought that, and that was a real calming thought to me when it looked like everything was going to hell for me, not in the economy, but just for me localized. And so I come back to that every time that I feel like everything's hitting the fan and things are terrible. I just think, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to make sure it's all right with my wife and my kids. I don't have to make a ton of money. I don't have to drive that Ferrari or Lamborghini that she was talking about earlier. I just have to do right by my kids. And I just have to have a wife that loves me and respects me for who I am. So what I would say is at the end of the day, That's a comforting thought for me. I'm gonna draw a little circle around myself, my wife and my kids, and I'm gonna make sure that inside that bubble, everything works out. And it doesn't matter really how much or how little money I'm making to make that happen. I was, by the grace of God, born in America at a time where I've got an iPhone in my pocket that a king you know, 30 years ago couldn't have, and certainly not 100, 200 years ago, I, you know, my cup truly runneth over full of blessings. Okay. So that's more of my perspective. Uh, one other thing I want to share with you is one of my friends recently talked to me a little bit. I was a little down on something. He talked to me about uh, NLP, neuro linguistic programming. And it's a way that you can kind of self hypnotize yourself. And I have a little phrase for myself that I say every morning. I carry a notebook around everywhere and I write it over and over again. I'm not going to, expose to you my secret phrase because it's my power phrase (laughs) but I would say that it helps me and something like it's all going to be all right that's in the range of what my phrase is it's all going to be all right if you're feeling bad try writing that down like 10 times or like 50 times or like 100 times just write it's all going to be all right and then make yourself believe it so now those are a couple of my things But now back to what it's going to have, the effect it's going to have on our supply chain. I'm sure you've received a lot of information. I've received a lot of information too, including stuff that everybody gets, stuff that my friends say, okay, this is from McKinsey. This is from Goldman Sachs. Nobody else is getting this, blah, blah, blah. Basically, I don't believe any of it. I just, (laughs) it's the best way to be. You're going to be happier if you say, hey, I'm not going to believe any of this stuff. Here's where I sit. The best thing that I've seen is saying that what is happening right now is more like 9 11 than it is like 2008. And that is to say, in 9 11, we had a massive shock to the system, but the underlying fundamentals of the system were still strong. In 2008, we had a massive shock to the system. That was caused by underlying fundamentals being crazy and out of whack Uh, i mean i bought a house in 2004 so it was during that build up to the bubble and i could afford my house but no one checked anything i could have put any number on that sheet of paper for what my income was and they would have said you know boom stamp here's your mortgage so 9-11 decent underlying fundamentals but a really messed up shock to the system. 2008, really crappy underlying fundamentals and a massive shock to the system. And so what people are saying is this looks more like 9-11 where there are at least decent fundamentals, but there's a shock to the system. So the other thing that I keep in mind is the US has, I don't know, 320 million residents or something like that. We've got problems for sure, but we have a massive middle class I know there's a lot of income inequality and things like that, but the fundamental thing is we've got a massive middle class that is going to remain more or less gainfully employed and going to have a lot of disposable income, even though it may be less disposable income than before this, and there's going to be a hit to the system, but they're going to need to consume. They're going to need to buy all this stuff. So now to supply chain we fundamentally have the supply chain infrastructure in place to move essentially low or appropriately cost goods all throughout the U.S. without really any problem. So this is all kind of a little bit of a preamble for me saying that, knock on wood, I think it's going to be bad for a relatively short period of time, but then things are going to recover. And what is going to keep it less bad than it could be is for us to as much as possible keep be prudent but keep doing what needs to be done if you've got a gym membership can if you can swing it keep that gym membership going if you can go out to eat once they allow us to go out to eat again <laughs> go out to eat so i don't think that this is the apocalypse i think that this is a systemic little explosion that is gonna reverberate more broadly out, but that fundamentally, this is not a crash that leads into a depression. Um, The supply chain is gonna continue working. I I know that just earlier today, we bring a lot of product in through the port of Houston, which is one of the largest ports in the world. And it was shut down due to coronavirus, uh, or sorry, one person tested positive for COVID-19. And my team said, oh, Peter, Port of Houston is shut down. That's where we bring in a bunch of containers. We're screwed. And I said, well, let's take a deep breath, everybody. Okay. The Port of Houston is one of the busiest ports in the world. I supremely doubt that it's going to be allowed to be shut down for an extended period of time. And so let's just assume that it's not going to be. And we'll, we'll take whatever prudent measures we need to, and then let's just move on. And sure enough, a few hours later, okay, the Port of Houston's opening. It's going to be closed for a total of about 36 hours. So I don't have a crystal ball, but I just try to take intelligent guesses, but then also protect whatever needs to be protected.
0: That makes sense. I don't know if
1: I answered your question. No, no, I no. Know I know I was rambling.
0: A lot. I, I like it. I like it because, it, you know, one, it, it gives, I think it gives people watching this a much better perspective of like your mindset and who you are and, and how you run things, which is great. Cause that's what you're on. The sh- you're on the show because I, I like, I like, you know, talking about that with people who are up on, on board. Right. Um, but I also like the perspective of like, Hey man, everyone is incentivized for this thing to work out. No one is incentivized for it to fall apart. Right. In in, uh, in 08, with the, the big market collapse in 08, I mean, a big part of it was, you know, there was just way, way too much not smart, kind of borderline, like wrong, illegal-ish behavior going on to prop up where we were. It was like an undeserved, unincentivized place. No one had any skin in the game for it to actually succeed and everyone's kind of getting away, like either by the skin of their teeth or just by taking, uh, you know, out of everybody else's hands. And so, you know, the like you said, the fundamentals just weren't weren't sound there. But in this situation, it makes sense that not just locally in our own communities, like if you look at a gym. Or if you look at a group of gyms or um, an entire industry or just the nation or the world, everyone on every level is pretty much incentivized to make this thing work out in some way, shape, or form. So it doesn't it doesn't benefit anybody for the system to fall apart at this point. And it doesn't seem like anyone is going to be working towards that happening um, or to get themselves back up at the cost of somebody else. One of the things that I... Uh, have been trying to sort of tell people and you, you kind of touched on this with this idea of getting the, um, getting the infrastructure to like, Hey man, if you can, you should continue paying your um, you should continue paying your um, gym membership. Right. And to me that absolutely makes sense because if we can support ourselves locally and the systems that we have locally, that makes a really big difference over time, right? You know, the the mom and pop little like bodega store that I have a quarter of a mile away from my house where like we buy ice cream is like I'm going to keep trying to buy ice cream there because I have to support the local infrastructure, right? If I'm going to go, you know, pick up groceries, like I'll go to a smaller grocery store as opposed to like the big H-E-B or something or Costco because it's the... It's the smaller businesses, the, the, the one-offs, like the mom and pop shops, the coffee shop around the corner owned by the hipsters with the great mustaches. Like those are the ones that you're going to want to support in some way so that when the time comes, you can actually count on them to still be there. And I think the argument, you know, it it functions the same way inside of the gym, right? I would, I would, uh, co-sign your, your, suggestion to people that if you can please do continue supporting your affiliates because and I've heard this phrase a few times from people like oh you know if i couldn't pay for my affiliate fees like they wouldn't let me train for free and it's like i don't know man i've i've owned an affiliate myself and pretty much every gym owner i know has memberships that are on scholarships basically you know either completely free or severely discounted all of which have to do with the circumstances involved in those members lives and i think that's really important to keep in mind that like maybe perhaps it's not going to work out for everybody but it is a two-way street there is there is a personal relationship it's not it's not quite like you're going to your local you know, gold's gym or something and just checking in and then your name pops up and the person behind the counter knows you only because your name pops up on the system. It's like, hopefully your coaches like know you and your family and they spend a lot of time with you and they can, they can provide that type of stuff. So either way, um, Peter, I really appreciate your, your time, your insight here. Uh, you, are free to plug whatever you would like at this moment. If you have anything that you would like to plug, uh, you know, this isn't quite the biggest audience in the world, but it is an audience that cares about the types of things that you and I might care about. So if you'd like to say anything, now's a good time to do it. And then, and then we can go from there.
1: Okay. Here's what I would like to plug. I like to plug three things. So thing number one, if you're a member of a CrossFit box an affiliate, a local community gym, I already mentioned this before, and if you can swing it, continue paying your dues. So that's number one thing that I'd, I'd like to plug. If you can swing it without hardship, I would strongly suggest you continue paying your dues because I would guess that they've done a lot for you. Number two, if you own a CrossFit affiliate, a local community gym, something like that, I would say use this as a chance to try to provide as much value as possible to your customers. Make it so they would be silly to not continue paying their dues, even though they can't physically come into the gym. So that's number two, provide them so much value that it would hurt them to stop paying you. And then number three, I strongly deep in my heart, believe that stronger people live longer, happier, healthier lives. So if you're feeling stressed, go lift something heavy. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got to plug.
0: I love that. Peter, thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, really appreciate it. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you very soon. I promise. Cheers, brother. Be well. Thanks, bud. So folks, uh, there you go. We got a little bit of insight from Peter Keller, the, the man, the brain behind, uh, fringe sports. And I hope that you kind of got, um, you know, a a little bit of a different perspective here. We talked a little bit about different actions that, uh, gyms are taking, for uh, various responses to how they're closed down, and you know what they can do during this time, um, and I think this is something that really touches on an experience that every single one of us is having in some way, shape or form. Like I know that the affiliate that I'm a member of here in Yucar, uh, CrossFit and in, in Austin, they have their own solution, their own way of dealing with it. They've left the gym open, but are really severely limiting the amount of people that can come in. Um, you know, they're limiting the number of people that will be in the gym at, at, any, num- at any time. They're, you know, cleaning all the equipment. The equipment is specific to them. Who's there? Um, you know, there's just there are different actions that a bunch, of, uh, a, a whole group of very creative professionals can take, and each one of those actions has to do with the community at hand and how they're serving it. So, real quick, before we get off here, folks, I'm going to go ahead and take a look at the YouTube comments, see if there's any questions or any comments that could be, uh, uh, you know, maybe adding to the conversation here. Let's see, Uh, Michael Groff says, my gym just shut down this week. However, they're offering free equipment loan program to members, which is very helpful. Um, Let's see, Hannah B says, we're still open. Every plate that's touched is disinfected. The natural sanitizer we use smells like cloves. So it's an herbal scented sweat box. Shout out to CrossFit St. Kilda. Um, Let's see, what else we got here? Uh, uh, If you respect... Julie Fouché's and doctor's opinions. You should close. I think it absolutely is within the, the question that some gyms should close all three gyms. I'm affiliated with are closed. That's Wayne glass. That's saying that, um, Stefan Thuringer says it's the right thing to do to shut down. We have a very active Facebook group with lots of activities. This shows the community and camaraderie aspect of CrossFit, which is special and was built before such a crisis. Absolutely. Um, so, Shout out to everybody that's uh, that's hanging out and having a good time. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to, uh, to hang out with me here. Um, this is the first time that we've done a live guest on the stream. That was really interesting. I hope you guys enjoyed doing that. Either way, I agree with Peter. Go find something heavy to lift. I think you'll enjoy life just a little bit better when you have a heavy barbell on your back. You know what I mean, folks? As always, there's a whole lot going on in our sport. Easy to miss some of the most interesting and exciting stories. That is what I am here for. Appreciate your time, folks. If you wanna support the show, if you wanna support the channel, the best way to do that is to go to armandhammer.tv slash support. You put in your email address and you can sign up for 21, 15, nine, or $3 a month. And it goes a long way to keeping this thing going. As you can tell, I don't really do a lot of sponsors or any sort of uh, deep built-in advertisement or anything like that. I just talk about what I think is really important for all of us to talk about, try and keep this conversation going. And if you want to help that out, it means a lot to me. And if you don't want to help that out, just being here adds a whole lot to the entire experience, folks. Thank you so much. And I will see you guys very soon with another episode. Take care. Later.